Hello, everybody. Isn't this wonderful? Here we are, R&R, getting ready, cranking up. Uh, I'm excited about today, excited about our uh, thoughts and our heart and our lives. And Man, it's a great day. Well, I, I, I just keep saying this. I like the fact that we just keep motoring along with episode after episode and great feedback. And I know it's making a world of difference for a lot of folks in a lot of different ways, too, not just officers, which is you know, which is what our goal has been from the beginning. Exactly. Right? Yep. Is uh, it, it, a really message. it's targeted to uh, to officers and those who are on the front lines uh, every day, the thin blue line. Uh, but uh, we're finding that a lot of people, military guys, mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, who are in the intense battle for life, COVID people. I mean all manner of issues that are happening in life today, there are a lot of people that need this encouragement, that need this uh, strength, and they're getting strengthened by these podcasts. Yeah, biggest thing I'm really seeing is uh, spouses and children, family members, uh, even parents of officers, which is interesting because a lot of times we don't think about that. But, you know, uh, we have many, many parents that – you know, that's, that's a real struggle. And, and I think we see it more with the military and have a better understanding oh, yeah. of that because typically a lot of the folks on the front lines in the military are younger. Mm-hmm. So they may not even be married yet or whatever right. the case is. Right. And <clears throat> so we think about their parents, but it doesn't occur as much in law enforcement. But really we have a lot of folks, and we see that at the recruit swearing-in ceremonies and all of those things. And uh, you can see the 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 – joy and the pride that they have in their young one stepping forward to do this, but you can also see the fear oh, yeah. um, and the Absolutely. concern, the anxiety uh, that comes with that as well. Even the communities, you know, certain cultures and certain parts of the community um, really put a lot of pressure on those that step up that really have this in their heart mm, to do that's this a great, point. great yeah. job. Yeah. So their families uh, can experience a lot of pressure even from the community yeah. uh, that they serve or the community that they uh, that they live in, the part of the community that, that they live in the area. Um, if their child chooses this as their calling, they know that they've been called to do this, and their family can go through a lot of pressure, Yeah, a lot of intense pressure. Um, so... Well, and that's the hope, Parents right? And is that this becomes a relief valve uh, absolutely. for the folks that are watching it, which is the whole point of the name, right? And yep. also talking remnant about revealed. R and R. And there's a lot of R and Rs, right? There is. Ours is remnant revealed, right? Uh, because we want uh, these great men and women to realize that there's a remnant uh, that stands for righteousness, stands for uh, the peace that they go out on the front lines to try to keep and hold uh, that stands for righteous works. Um, that R&R is, uh, that's, a great, that's a great emblem, great uh, acrostic, great tagline. Well, and it shows that um, it, with that remnant c- component, <laughs> it's probably the, the most severe um, law enforcement especially has felt like there's nobody else out there, and we're the only ones standing the line here. Well, you know, there are times throughout history that's documented in this book that God always keeps a remnant held that's in place right. That's right. Uh, to restore uh, his order. 
And so uh, I think there's power in our law enforcement officers knowing that uh, when God calls you, he also equips you. And for such a time as this, that's right. he's placed us here, that none of us are here by accident at this time. So hopefully this is a good reminder of that and kind of refreshes folks. Sure. Uh, and my hope is that we start seeing almost like a community develop out of this podcast uh, where folks can also help lean on one another and support and encourage one another too. I mean, Absolutely. we're just... We're just two ugly dudes sitting here doing this, right? <laughs> hey, and, speak for well, yourself, man. Come on. And, um, but so many people can come together and find some commonality yeah. amongst one another, not just in what they do, um, but in their faith and, and their belief. And, and you've been a, you're a, you're a huge voice. You've been a great voice. Um, I listen to you. Uh, I listen to you speak. I, I think a lot of people hear you speak and listen to you speak. Because you have the uh, platform to speak publicly a lot of times on these issues for law enforcement and their families. And uh, it's amazing. Well, it's a great privilege to be able to be the voice for officers, uh, you know, locally and in different aspects and different venues, venues, right? Throughout the state, kind of the Midwest, I guess. But. yeah, it's it's humbling because. Uh, so, did you grow up? Did you grow up speaking like that? I mean, you, you no. have a commanding no. voice. Not, what? I no. know you were an officer, so you you have a commanding presence. Most coppers do, but but you have a commanding voice too. In, I mean, you give speeches. They're they're powerful. Yeah, no, no, um, I hated uh, public speaking. Really? Up. Yep. As a kid, I was terrible with it. Shut up. And if a grade depended on it, <laughs> I was in trouble. Really? Uh, public speaking and math were horrible for me. And what's no ironic is that's all I do. That's anymore, all you do. Right? It's public speaking and public budgets and finances and statistics right. and crime stats and all those other things. I don't think anybody would believe that at all, that you yeah. did not do good in public speaking or math. That is hilarious. Well, I... I tell people that should prove that there's a God, if nothing else. That, that should prove that you can't do these things on your own. That's right? true. People say, well, what's, Very the, true. what's, uh, what's your secret? What's the technique? What's the, right. What school did you go to, to in public speaking school and right. all that? None. And you roll out. I mean, I've listened to you for hours. You roll out statistic after statistic. You know your stuff. Yeah. Uh, it always makes me uneasy, right? Because it's like... The, yeah, but you do, but well, you, but and you're good at it. It's because... I think it's because it matters. It's it's real. It's yeah, true. You're passionate about it. And the impact of it. Yeah. Right? And so I think for me, a lot of times, the reason why it's easier to remember the statistics is because I don't view them as statistics. Yeah. They're you real, know? Real, real issues of life. That's right. And yeah. real people. And real people. Real yeah. families. And especially when you talk about the um, the statistics related to our officers yeah. and the assault on our officers and the line of duty deaths and all those things. Hey, many of those people are my friends. Yeah. You know, and uh, it becomes very real and not necessarily easier to talk about, but you have, uh, you have an easier time maintaining the facts because it's so real in your life. I, I think... Now, I get that because yeah. even in what I do, primarily for a living, 
there's a difference in hearing someone give a, uh, I always, I don't call what I do sermons mm. because a lot of times there are people who can do a sermon, but they don't live it. They don't really mm. love their Bible. They don't really, they, they don't really have yeah, a good point. that in their heart. They're just, they've just learned a technique or learned what to do. Now, when you talk about giving a message and people can tell if it's genuine, if mm-hmm. you're real, mm-hmm. if you love what you're talking about, if you're passionate about the church, if you're passionate about God, if you love Jesus, if you're passionate about people, you love humans like God loves humans, they they pick up on that and they know that's sincere. Um and I can see that work in the same way in the realm of what you do. Well, it's a great tie-in because yeah. what, when you're saying that, what I'm hearing is that's the difference between religion and relationship, right? And so maybe that's the way Very to look much at so. it. Very much so. And what, you know, what, not just what I do in that role, but what our officers are doing. Think of the difference of between whatever you want to call it, law and relationship, right? That's right. And when an officer, you know, that's the key distinction you see, I guess, is when an officer is focused on relational kind of policing um, and forming those relationships and utilizing those relationships to uh, serve the community, um, they're a whole different officer. whole different officer. When they're focused on law and order all by the book, just not saying that you shouldn't follow those things, but when that's your sole focus and there's no gray area or interaction of yeah. human, yeah. Uh, of the human condition. Right. And discretion, you know, is always an interesting topic because people think of officer discretion in terms of the officer has the ability just to let me off from any accountability for the offense. That I, yeah, no, that's not, not true. it. Yeah. It's really the employment of wisdom and discernment. Yeah. Um, in the street, in the neighborhoods, and in the community. Right. And understanding what achieves the purpose in the best way. And that while everyone is equal under the law, and the law should be applied equally, um, discernment or uh, discretion is an area of discernment where you're really focused on the best application of the law, if that makes sense. Yep. Totally. Um, and you know what? It's not easy. No. So that's why we start our officers out with such a structured format. And, hey, this is what the law is. This is how you apply it. And you start from there. Discretion really starts folding in with time and experience. Experience, yeah. Dealing with people. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, um, you know, it's one of those deals that there are some times where you can just make an immediate arrest. uh, Or let's say traffic enforcement, for an example. Right. Right. Yeah. Officers talk about delivering the mail, right? right? There are officers who just deliver the mail. They pull, they make the stop, right? They the get ticket. the information, they yep. write the ticket, they deliver the ticket, and they send you on your way. Did you really achieve anything? Um, you know, I've always taken the approach, and especially when I've had officers that I'm responsible to, and when we're working together in a group, of saying, hey, what about the, the perspective of focusing more on education and prevention? Right. I used to do a lot of what I would call education and prevention stops. My goal, the outcome, wasn't to deliver the mail. It wasn't to just write a ticket and send people on their way. There were times where the ticket was needed to reinforce 
the education and prevention you were trying to provide yeah, in the, the stop. conversation. Yeah. And so that's a whole different paradigm shift, uh, not just in policing, but I would suggest you could do that in life, right? right? And to complete the circle, back to what you were talking about, I think that's the difference between religion and relationship. And that has been a thing that has rocked my world is uh, we've talked about before, not viewing this as much as a rule book, but really a roadmap, yeah. uh, an owner's manual that kind of lays right. out how do you troubleshoot and fix the broken things in life, but also maintain the really good things in life. Right. So, and actually, uh, you know, the bio, there's the gift of discernment, First Corinthians chapter twelve, mm. that the Holy Spirit can enhance and gift you with the discernment of spirits, so that. As he operates in your life, he speaks to you so that he empowers that to a greater degree or a supernatural degree. But God is a God of also uh, discretion. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in uh, Proverbs, uh, the Bible talks about a man of discretion, a woman of discretion, that those who can be discreet or handle themselves properly are wise. But God is also a God of discretion in that he is forgiving. He seeks to help you learn the lesson, though the consequences of what you did may not disappear. You know that there's a lesson and an understanding and grace to help you through it. Well, we're getting deeper than what I thought we would, but you know, that that's such a, a, a good point right there, right? And I think what I'm just going to speak from personal experiences, yeah, yeah. but I see it in a lot of other folks who, um, who describe themselves as being believers is that through, you know, you've got the law and then you've got grace through Christ and what he brings. But really what he does is through his actions, through his messages, what he spoke and said to us, you find that you know, you, you have the conviction of knowing that you've done wrong and the great secret in what Christ does is in his application of that, you don't want to do it again. It's not that, uh, you can't, right? Right. You can, but you're right. Yeah, you have free you're will. To do. That's right. It's not when the officer stops you, uh, and writes or talks to you about your speed or that you were going 25 miles over the That's speed right. limit. It's not that you aren't empowered when you drive away from him or her to do it again. To do it again. Right. And sometimes if you just deliver the mail and say, hey, you were doing 60 and a 45, yeah. here's your ticket, have a nice day. Which you should yeah. have a nice day and you send them a- on their way. After a $450 ticket, no, you, you're not going to have a nice day. You almost create an animosity yeah. uh, between the person you're interacting with and not just the officer, but what the officer represents. Right. Kind of the same way we see with religion. Yeah. Folks uh, want to believe, they want to follow, but they view it just strictly as a law. And then they develop an animosity because they say, God has this law and try as I might, I can't keep it. And so I must be a failure or or the law is, is wrong or too strict. Yeah. Now I have an animosity to it and I just walk away from it and say, I can't, that's good. I can't do it. So just forget about it. Right. And then people walk around brokenhearted, lost and with no hope. Right. Um, but 
Christ comes onto the scene. He still educates us about the law. I think that's the great misnomer that I see sometimes is that people say that, um, you know, some give this picture of Christ uh, was a was against the law or the law doesn't matter anymore. I don't read that in here. What I read is you're not going to find that. That's right. He came to fulfill the law. That's right. The law does matter, but he educated us about it and then showed us he has a way of preventing you from taking that path, right? That's right. How powerful is that? Not because he makes you, but because you want to. You you want to honor him. And he fulfilled the law because he was full of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Period. Right. So what he did was to say, let me show you as a man filled with the presence of God. Now, it's called the incarnation factor. He is God. He is man, both 100%. However, he is man filled with the Spirit of God. He is He is the living God in man. And he kept the law. And he kept and without I mean totally blemish. Right. without blemish. So he represented to you and I how we can walk according to this That's with right. him as as a man but without him but with him that's you, the key you can't do it without him that's right that's he what he couldn't keeps do it without he couldn't do it without if if he had just been jesus and by the way uh, christ is not his last name right. it wasn't like joseph christ mary christ jesus christ the, the word christ means the anointed and his anointing so he was Jesus anointed or the anointing dwelling in him. So in order for you to really understand and capture God's plan for how you can walk with him after Adam failed, you just have to understand you can't do it without him. That's the great secret. It's the great, and it's not a difficult secret Think about how many people say, I, I'm, I'm hopeless. I just can't do this. I'm yeah. a failure because I can't do this. The response really is, no kidding. Or, <laughs> or, or here's, the, here's my favorite, right, that I'm told a lot. Well, I, I, Pastor, I, I, know, I know I need God in my life, and, and I'm working on getting it all together. And once I get it all together, I, I'm going to come and, and I'm going to give my life to Christ. Well, that's... The biggest problem you have is you think you can get it all together. That's right. Well, he's already telling you, I came to die as a sacrifice mm -hmm. to fulfill all of the law because you can't get it all together. Now, that's not an excuse to just not try, but you and I cannot get it all together well, let's without talk, God. Let's talk about that just a little bit more and we've talked about it before but it's such it's such a, a big thing you know um, Jesus comes onto the scene and he's here to fulfill the law and he's here to fulfill the, the scriptures in this book and then he it becomes the the ultimate sacrifice <coughs> the right. supreme sacrifice right and that's the model that our officers follow so when an officer falls in the line of duty, you know, some, it troubles me when I hear people in the community say, 
you know, well, that cop died for a stolen car, right? They were chasing somebody that was in a stolen car and they, and they died. And, you know, that's insane. Why would, why would anybody do? No, they died for what they're representing, which is the law, which is the law. They died for righteousness, righteousness and peace. And so, um, you know, they're following a model, right? I mean, that's exactly right. We didn't come up with that on our own, (laughs) right? Because human nature is, I would never die for somebody else, right? Especially somebody I don't know. That's right. Self-centeredness um, and uh, and selfishness, right? And out of your own self-interest, you run away from the danger, not toward it. So right. why do these folks do it? They a lot of times can't explain it. And they'll always tell you, it's just something within me. Well, what they're referring to right. is exactly what, Christ did, which was fully man, but with God, Holy Spirit in him, he was able to do what seems like unnatural, undoable things. And that's what our, that's the value in this, 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 this form is for our officers to see that, Hey, you're following an example. That's the greatest example in history, the history of mankind. Um, and he just doesn't tell you to follow his example. He gives you what you need to be able to do it. That's right. With him, not on our own. So then <clears throat> so then an officer might would say or someone who is willing to sacrifice their life and do what Jesus did for us in his pattern, well then I'm good with God. That's cool. I mean, I after I'm willing to do what Jesus did, so that makes me like him, so I'm good with God. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the problem is you're trying now to accomplish in totality based off of works right? without faith. And the mm-hmm. Bible's very clear that faith without works is dead. Works without faith is dead. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you're acting like him, even to the point of the ultimate, what we call the ultimate sacrifice in law enforcement, right, or in the military, Mm -hmm. without putting your faith and your life and believing in him in totality. Yeah, that's a good point because uh, a lot of times you'll hear officers say that. Hey, I don't know about all that God stuff, but, um, you know, I believe that there's a heaven. You know, I want to go to heaven, and I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm not a, a Bible thumper really? God person, but I'm really a pretty good person. I mean, look at what I do. Right. I'm trying to help people out. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, I drink. A I don't lot. kill people. I go yeah. arrest people yeah. for killing yeah. people. Right. I drink a lot. I say things I shouldn't do. I don't go to church. I don't. You know. Right. I don't know that I believe all that, but I believe I'm a relatively good person. And if, if there's really a heaven, I'll, I'll go there, which is kind of what you're saying, right? I'm following that yeah. example. Shouldn't yeah. that be good enough? Right. It's not. Um, and there's a, some, there's an additional step in there. The good news is, is that it's, it's, it's not difficult. Right. It doesn't cost you anything no. free of charge. Um, and it'll give you a peace of mind, but it is part of your SOP. Yeah. And it is a command, yeah. and you have to follow it. Now, every officer I know understands what a direct command is. That's right. That's right. And Jesus said, I know that you love me if you obey my 
commands. commands. Now think about that. So, um, you know, it's pretty wild. It, it, and in here, you know, it says that even Jesus was asked. So out of all these rules, all these laws, you could say to an officer, out of all your general orders and SOPs, right. which is the most important? Right? And um, he said, hey, listen, there's really only two things. Love God and love your neighbor. Yeah. Right? Two commandments. Two with, commandments. With all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Correct. And he said, then all those other rules, laws, general orders, SOPs, hang on those two things. That's right. Think about that for just the officer. And, you know, at least here in Indianapolis, I can tell you, if I laid, and maybe we should do it someday, but our general orders would be about this thick on the table, right? Right. That's just general orders, internal policy kind of things. Right. Now I put our SOPs on there. Now I put specific checklists on there. Right. I haven't even gotten into the criminal law. Right. I haven't gotten into the traffic you, law. You, you got to carry a I, book around just to make sure you so now have the up, right charge. So now you're up to here. And that individual officer has to know that. Hey, right. And go to any judge's chambers or any attorney's office and look at all the book after book after book after book after book full of all the laws in the earth or all the laws in the state, or all the laws in the nation. So now let's take the next step. What Jesus said in here to specifically the people that were the big, supposedly, law followers. Well, they were the attorneys of his day. That's right. And And, judges. And the scribes. So they knew the law better than most anybody, right? And they asked him, so which one of this whole pile here is the most important guy? Right? Like a trick question. Right. And he flips it around on him and says two things. Love God, something bigger than yourself, someone yeah. bigger than yourself, and love your neighbor. Imagine if you do that as a police officer. He and, and he made it about love. So if you think about that, for the officer of that whole pile, you can really apply the same principle. If you love something bigger than yourself and love your neighbor, the folks that you're out there serving, and you do it in love, there really shouldn't be any way that you violate this whole pile of stuff. That's right. Doesn't mean that you take that and throw it in the trash can. It all still applies. It all still applies. You're just able to do it. That's correct. Through the power of those two things. That's correct. That's amazing, isn't it? That's good stuff. And That's uh, just amazing. I would hope it would be relieving to an officer to hear that. And uh, back to your original thing. So right. how are, how do you uh, how do you remember all these stats? How do you t- talk about these things and have people actually one understand what you're saying, but hopefully also believe in what you're saying, right? right? Well, one is plant yourself in the middle of the truth. There you go. Don't waver in that. Don't dilute it. Don't mitigate it. Don't change it because you think it's what people want to hear. Um, and start from that point. I'm going to love God. I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to constantly learn what that means. Um, you know, when we bury officers, um, just officers that retire and, right. and pass away, one of the things that we read at their memorial service is uh, that just by putting on that uniform every day, uh, they were fulfilling what they were called to do. That's and right. they were heroic in, in just doing that. Right. Um, but it also talks about, maybe we should read it someday because it's powerful because it also talks about 
They fought the battle that will never be won, uh, meaning in their own stead. Right. Right. We faithfully stand the line. Crime will never go away. Right. We'll always have crime. Jesus told us we'll always have the poor. We'll always have these challenges in life. Right. Um, But the real hero is the one who continues to fight that fight and and contend um, anyways. And and there's a scripture that says you and I contend for the faith. That's right. Right. That is right. And, And here again, there is the power. When officers come to that realization, when that gets revealed to them, they see that this is no longer about religion. This isn't. This is no longer about the televangelist on TV trying to raise money or thumping a Bible or beating right. people over the head with it. When you realize that, hey man, this really can help me. It also takes all the pressure off of me. That's all right. I have to do is believe, believe in the very things that I've already said I believe in. Right. You know, we've talked about it. Blessed are the peacemakers, but most officers can't tell me who said that. Well, it's right here. That's right. And it actually cites who said it, where Mm -hmm. it came from, right? And and the man that said it. It's the very man we're talking about who was also God in flesh. Right. And you put your faith in that. Do you have to have all the answers? No. Nope. Do you have to have it all figured out before you come to him? Nope. Nope. In fact, he'll help you figure it out along the way. That's right. You just have to ask him. Yeah, you know, just have to invite him in. That's ask right. Ask him. Yeah. Um, and he'll uh, he'll give you the answers. And so, imagine if our officers do that. You know, before I go and speak or do an interview or even this these podcasts, right, brother? I mean, the big secret is I tell people this all the time. You you ask, how do you do that? I don't know, right? I mean, the big secret is pull the curtain back. The man behind the curtain. Uh, I don't know. I'm a goofy, weak <laughs> dude that isn't very smart, but I've found that there's a lot of power in praying and asking and inviting God into the situation and asking him just to lead lead us, show us, give, give me the words to say. People say, well, how'd you come up with that? Why did you? I don't, I don't know. I didn't do that. No, just... I just asked yep. that thing that I feel inside of me to speak, speak yep. to me. And, uh, he's never let me down. There you go. And he never will. I, you know, you can, I can walk up at any time when I'm doing a service and, uh, I've been doing this for over 30 years. Hmm. I've got thousands. And when I say thousands, I mean thousands of messages hmm. on paper in file boxes, on computer, on electronics, thousands. Uh, I could, I could go get one of those. I, I could probably preach one of those messages and never ever have to crack this book ever again. Mm. Just keep, uh, and I mean, in thirty years, are you kidding? If I went back and. And just started pulling these out of the, and just going, nah, I'm just, I don't have time to stay. I don't, I don't really have time for all this this week. I don't have time today. I don't have, mm-hmm. I really don't have time. I'll just use this. I'll just get one of these. Hey, there are people that sell sermons on the internet now. Mm. You could go on the internet and, and they're one of their big tricks of advertisement or marketing is, 
uh, you're so busy as a pastor. You got so much going on. You're so running to and fro. We want to lighten your load. Um, we've provided all this for you. Hmm. I mean, messages and uh, graphics and and here's a little clip and and all you've got to do is just walk up onto the platform and get behind the desk and share this great word. So just quick, easy success, oh, no work. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. wonderful. But I can't do that. I, I got messages I'll never, ever, ever, ever preach. There are boxes full of messages that I've already preached and marked, and marked. But I want the people that I'm talking to to get something fresh, something wonderful in that moment. So like you, even though I've been speaking now for 30-some years, like you, I still bow my head, bow my knee, and say, Lord, when I step up, I want you to speak to the people that are in need in this moment exactly what you want them to hear so that they have what they need. Get me out of the way. I am just the faucet today, mm. but you got to be the water. And um, and it's amazing what he does or how he does that. Even in the midst of speaking, inspirationally, things come, which is what you're sharing, what you're saying. And to every officer or every person on the front line at this moment, this is how you can live life with God. I know the techniques of law enforcement. I know what to do when I walk up to a car, walk up to a building, walk up to. But but I'm choosing to put my trust and my faith in you to lead me, speak to me today, help me know how to walk the greatest life possible, the greatest police officer wife possible, life possible the greatest police marriage possible, the greatest police parenting possible, the greatest whatever possible. Coach from my son's baseball team. Uh, I mean, God will help you be absolutely the best at life. Yeah, but you're not going to get that from some other person, some other man. You're not. Right? And that's, to your point, like, trying to sell the pastor on a quick, easy, right, success of how to do the job, you're not going to get that in police work either. And so, again, nobody really talks to our officers about it, but especially when you get piled over of just the day-to-day grind of the job and all the exposures you have to trauma and horrific things, and you're weighed down, you're not going to be able to unload that or get help just from some other person. Uh, it's important. Wellness issues are important. Mental health <clears throat> is important. Right. But, you know, uh, keep saying this. We do a good job of focusing on the physical well-being of our officers. Now we're doing a great job of focusing on the mental, emotional well-being of our officers. But even in doing that, we all realize there's still something missing. Right. And it's where do you go and offload all that junk and get somebody to help carry the load with you? Uh, it isn't going to be another man, another woman. Right. Uh, it isn't going to be the uh, gambling or sports betting. It's not going to be 
sex, alcohol, right? any of those other things. What was it? Booze, bribes, and broads. Or booze, broads, and bribes, right? Well, destroy Back in officers. the day. That's yeah. right. Well, in, in ministry, uh, it's the three Gs, but it's the same. Girls, greed, or glory, mm. right? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. destroy preachers. That or take preachers guys, out of the game. Greed and glory for the for the female officers, right? Yeah. Yeah. The principle's still the same. Still the same. And so the question becomes is there is there a relief valve? Is there somewhere in here that talks to you about that? And and there is. In fact, Jesus himself tells us in here, hey, when you're piled over with all that stuff, bring it to me. Right? Yeah. I was uh I was watching a documentary and um actually on a secret service agent his name was clint hill mm. uh if you've ever watched the subruder film or uh oh, looked at any shooting. of the jfk yeah. shooting right mm-hmm. so he was actually the secret service agent assigned to jackie kennedy mm. uh he was you know he talks about it. he was really disappointed that because he really wanted to guard the president he had yeah. had uh, been secret service for eisenhower and uh and uh, so he thought he was going to get that detail. Well, he didn't. He got uh, detail to Jackie. And uh, and then he talks about his relationship with her. <clears throat> and on that day, he was on the step board of the follow car because the president had uh, requested that he didn't want them on the car. Usually they would have been on the back of the car uh, protecting or guarding him or or anybody in the car where they would take, you know, they would have taken the bullet. They would have yeah. taken a hit. And uh, President Kennedy didn't want that because at that particular time in the political climate, he wanted the people to um, to to feel or to have a sense that he was touchable, that he was open, mm. that they mm-hmm. were a part of his life. And um, and so he made the decision and said, I don't want you up here on the car. Stay back. Stay off the car. We're going to be in an open convertible. I want the people to sense or know or feel that we're open. We're an open administration. So he gets shot Clint Hill is the one that you see in the film jumping on the back of the car he ran wow. back jumped on the back of the car yeah. uh, and is pulling uh, Jackie Kennedy down into the car he's trying to mm-hmm. help literally with pieces of brain matter all that you know it's not a very uh, beautiful just joyful scene is the death of our president. Uh, three shots, um, all three uh, fatal. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so he talks about, uh, in this documentary, he talks about all of this kind of matter of fact, but then you, you see the gaze, you know the gaze, right? The, the kind of turn head lost, for a moment in the thought of that day, the gaze. He didn't talk to anybody for his own health for 50 years. Wow. 50 years, which he explains 
was detrimental in a lot of ways in his life. He blamed himself. Now, he followed orders. Mm -hmm. But even in following orders, he blamed himself, and it haunted him that uh, I didn't do enough. Even, you know, was blasted. The Secret Service was blasted. They didn't do enough. They didn't. They were very prepared. Um, They just followed orders of the chief commanding officer, uh, and that's the president of the United States, and said, I don't want you doing that. And uh, and sadly, uh, that cost him his life. Hmm. But that officer lived with that. For 50 years. Yeah. As many of Never our officers talk, do. Yeah. As many of our officers do. Well, they don't think there's anybody they can talk to. There you go. So, you know, I I, I know this leads nowhere good. Uh, many times can lead an officer to, uh, to take their own life or right. what we call blue suicide. Right. right. Um, which I think... Speaking of statistics, which you're a master at, and I stumble around in them, but uh, I believe this is true, that uh, last year was the first year that uh, suicide or officer suicide did not outpace all other officer deaths in the nation, and that was because of COVID. That was because of COVID, yeah. Yeah. Had it not been for that. They still would have, yeah, it still would have outpaced. I don't think many people know that or understand that. I don't think... I don't think that's a statistic that's very well known, um, but the pain and the pressure and the uh, the spiritual, soulish pressure, physical pressure that gets applied to an officer's life is extreme. Then you put on top of that all the other things, political stuff and and all the other party um, hate groups and all the stuff that officers are dealing with today, that pressure can lead you to literally believe there's no hope. Well, and that's the statistic, if you will, that gets everybody's attention. So in the United States, an officer dies in the line of duty on average every 52 hours, Mm -hmm. excluding COVID. It's not much... But it's like exclude 30, that. 30 some with COVID. so every fifty two hours, and then you people go, that doesn't even seem possible. Well, it is, but then here's the real key. Research shows two to three times as many die as a result of their own hand, two to three times as many as one every fifty two hours, and really the great belief That's within staggering. the profession, the profession is, it's probably closer to four times as many. Because we believe those numbers are underreported. Right. There are police suicides that aren't recorded as a suicide uh, because of the manner in which they occur or whatever the case may be. So, right. with that being said, that shows you the pressure, the intense um, trauma that our officers are feeling. And to your point, when they feel that there is no hope, bad, bad things happen. Yeah. And that's the whole purpose in what we're doing. I that's keep right. thinking about the officer that feels like there is no hope. I want them to know that there is and that they can find it in here and they find it through a relationship, not through religion. And his name is Jesus, the Christ. 
Um, yep. And he talks to us, and he, not just to you and me, but he talks to that officer. And if That's that right. officer knows that he says in here, bring it all to me. Yep. Lay it at my feet. Lay well, it on me. Well, let me give you this verse. Yeah. Since you mentioned this, let me give you this verse and give everybody watching this verse. Matthew, which is the first book of mm-hmm. the Old of the New Testament. Uh, it's about midway in. Uh, it's it's Matthew. It's right after the Italian book Malachi. No, I'm kidding. That's still That's not Malachi. That you still keep not using it. I know. That's right. I keep trying to. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to trying to get you to just lighten mm-hmm, up a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Standard. So Matthew, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus says this, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Hmm. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now He wasn't just some sissy pants, softy. Notice he said gentle and lowly in heart. That's right. He was a very strong man. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden's light. Let me read it to you from another translation. I like this message translation. Come, uh, he says, uh, are you tired, worn out? I don't know many cops that aren't. Mm. Burned out on religion? There you go. Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. (laughs) Walk with me and work with me. Hmm. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Man, I love that. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Hmm. And so for every uh, every officer out there today and every uh, every person on the front lines, I, I just want to say to you, um, y- you can't you can't find a human being that can do that for you. Only Jesus. You can't find uh, a doctor. Mm. who can do that for you, only Jesus. You can't find a medication or an alcohol substance or anything else that traps you and hurts your life more. May It may feel like it solves a moment in time, but the end result is you get trapped in it. Mm. You can't find anything on this planet that brings that to your soul but Jesus, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit in your life. And there's where hope is. Now, first words of that verse is come to me. That's right. So that's on you. Free will, your choice. Your choice. You got to come to it. You know, and, people talk about God drawing near to them. He's always right there. He it was really inviting you he's to in draw the breath near to him. That's right. Not the other way around. That's right. And he's as close as the call of his name. That's right. That's the real key. That is the real key. So many officers say, okay, so what's all that mean? Like you said, how do I get all my, my house in order before I go to talk to this to this Jesus? 
you don't. Right. That's that's the whole key. He says, bring all that broken stuff with you. Bring that's me right. all your junk. Bring me all your junk. Now, who who tells you that here on earth? Oh, even if you have, if you invite a friend over to your house, yeah. right? You're stuffing stuff under the bed. You're yelling at the kids to clean up the room. <laughs> you're wiping everything down. You, I mean. Great point. Just living life, dirt finds its way into your house, yeah. right? Yeah. However, Jesus doesn't ask you to do that. No. He just said, come. Come to me. All your stuff. Bring all your all. baggage. Bring it all. I yeah. can handle it. Yeah. I can take it. Right? You, and what he's really saying there is you've been carrying that around on you. You're all yeah. weighed down by it, man. That's right. You're carrying these buckets of all this junk around. And he says, he doesn't say just get rid of it before you come talk to me. He said, bring that along with you. Set it down here. Let me. There I'm you go. Gonna, I'm going to carry it for you. I got a great thought. Here, every officer is going to catch this. They're going to go, oh, yeah, I know that feeling. Every one of them will. It is, uh, it's July. It is 92 mm-hmm. degrees. You have on your vest, your uniform, your belt, your duty belt, which weighs what, about 40 pounds? Mm-hmm. All together. All together. You uh, you are on duty. You're standing out in traffic. Uh, it's also been a very serious situation. So now you have on extra gear. Uh, you're carrying an extra weapon, mm-hmm. whether it's your shotgun or whether it's a different rifle, rifle or patrol yeah. rifle, whatever. And the weight of that, all right? Now just think about the weight of that for just a moment and being out in the heat for all that time. Now you finally get to be off duty and go home. And when you get home and you get through your door, you start peeling all of that stuff off. Yep. How does your body feel when you get the burden and the weight of all that off of you? It's uh, Think about when you, it, everybody will relate to this, is when you pop that body armor when you take when you undo the velcro straps in that front and back panel release and you're all sweaty oh yeah all of a sudden you feel that coolness of the air finally getting into there and you can take a good deep and you breath. take a deep breath and you take it all off of you that's exactly come on man what jesus does. come on that's and he exactly says exactly what he does. i'll put it all on <laughs> that's right my shoulders are bigger than any of us will ever that's have. right and he says i'll put it all on i'll, I'll take carry it. that yep and walk right alongside you. That's where he says, my yoke, just like two oxen, yep, yoked two together, oxen, tied yep. together. They're they're working with one another, pulling that weight. He says, I'm going to pull all the weight. Yep. And I'm going to take all the weight of that yoke up off your shoulders. Yep. Put your best and all that stuff on me. And you just walk right alongside me. I got this. So our mounted patrol will understand this, right? All right. Because when he says, my yoke is easy, mm-hmm. um, there are horses that are trained where you just really have to work with their mouth. Mm-hmm. Then there are horses who are light pressure trained or even neck rein right. trained. Right. So you just have to lay the neck on the side, lay the rein on the side of their neck, and they go mm-hmm. the direction that they feel that light pressure. Light pressure, uh, and they actually those horses will go nuts. If you jerk on their mouth real hard and, and make their mouth hurt, they're not used to it. They don't get that. Right. 
It doesn't take that for them. Mm -hmm. So even our mounted patrol, wherever you are in the U.S., you may be watching this, you're like, well, I'm mounted patrol. When you talk about that yoke is easy, what he means is I, I, I can show you how I can guide you in life with very light pressure, with just very, it, it's not it's not hard. Yeah. It's not heavy. I'm not going to beat you, whip you, flog you, you know, crack the whip like you used to see in the Westerns where they're driving the oxen, pulled wagons across the, the prairie wilderness, uh, and they're whipping the whip out there and yaw and slapping them with the rain. Jesus, hey, dude, hook up with me. I'll teach you how to feel where I'm going, and you just follow me and work with me, and I'll show you you can even do this and get rest at the same time. Uh, you can, I mean, that's that's like the wildest thought. You can be under, and I've had it happen, you can be under the most intense worldly pressure, battle pressure, and in the midst of all that, have the greatest level of peace, joy. Still be able to come out and say, Jesus wins. Still be able to stand up and say, hallelujah. It's, I know that's one of your favorite things I say. But really, in the middle of every bad thing, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. I know where my source of joy, hope, peace, strength, strength, satisfaction, and you know, having been a chaplain for all these years and involved with the sheriff's department, I understand, and the police departments and all the, your own scene, these chaplains, the chaplain's ministry, they're on, they're on the scene. They see, they deal with the family, the pain, the crisis. Um, you know, now I get chaplains calling or saying, hey, can we talk to you for a minute? That yoke of Jesus, if you don't know where to go, and get in the yoke of Jesus, the burden, the pressure, the stress, uh, the adversity of what you do every day, it really wants to take your life too. Well, and the key point is, and we can talk in the next uh, podcast, but yep. the key point is is that he doesn't say that all the stress and burdens go away. No. He, he just, just says, said, I won't put them on you. Yeah, and he says, I'll take them off of you and yep. help you carry it. It's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. awesome stuff awesome stuff you will find rest for your souls that's right amen that's right well i appreciate you my friend i love you man and i appreciate you being here with us and doing this together and hanging out and talking to our coppers i love i love our cops great stuff thank you for you those of you watching and listening to this podcast today rick and i want to tell you we're for you we stand with you we love you, and uh, nothing you can do. About nothing it. you can do about it. And Jesus loves you too. God bless you. Have a great shift. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Rick and I trust that you heard something that will help your life. And if you believe that it would help others, please make sure and share, like, and subscribe, and hit that bell so that you can be notified when the next podcast is available. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.